Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and live from the presidential turkey pardoning ceremony, it's the Fourth and Inches show with Jenna and the Sherpa. Jenna, happy <laughs> Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Let's uh, hopefully not make too many turkeys to out see. of our predictions this week. No, I, I didn't get to see the turkey pardoning today, so if you happen to know whether Tater or Top 1, don't ruin the I won't. Uh, no spoilers. We're a spoiler-free endeavor. No spoilers. <laughs> okay, that's great. So, <laughs> so which uh, fantasy player are you most uh, thankful for this year, or players? Oh, um, I'm pretty thankful, especially the last couple of weeks, last week excluded. I'm pretty thankful for Marcus Mariota. I will say that. He's really put up a lot more mm-hmm. points than I expected him to. And he's come through pretty clutch when Carson Palmer has started to dip. So my lineups are pretty happy with him. What about you? Um, I think there's a couple guys. Uh, Rob Kelly with Washington, mm. JHI with Miami. Those are two running backs scooped up off the waiver wire in the league I care most about that uh, have really uh, salvaged what otherwise would have been a pretty forgettable season. So I think those would be mine. But just generally, those are good uh, ones. Unfortunately, Rob Kelly was the reason I lost last week, so I'm not quite as thankful for him as you are. <laughs> probably not. But you shouldn't have picked against uh, the Redskins last week, and maybe you wouldn't have had that yeah. problem. But Yeah, well, you know. Just one right. of many problems. <laughs> All right. You've got 99 problems, and that's not one of them. And the Redskins, well, the Redskins this week are unfortunately a big one of them. <laughs> yes. So oh. why don't we, um, why don't you tell people how they can get in touch with us, and then we'll celebrate Thanksgiving and be thankful for having a full slate of uh, games this week. And the buys, there's only, I think, Tennessee and Houston or Tennessee and Cleveland, I think, that uh, – still have their buys to come, and that's not until next week. So we're, we're essentially done with the buys at this point. Woo! I, I'm very thankful for that. Um, so obviously we'll be here, as we are every week, from 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, bringing you all the news and notes. We're going to give you predictions for this week, waiver wire picks, uh, everything from injuries, who to start, who to sit, your daily fantasy picks, all that good stuff. So stick with us. we got a lot to get through, especially with the full slate of games. And, of course, we have three Thursday games this week. So if there's something we don't cover on the show that you need to make your lineup totally maximized, find us all over social media. You can find us at JKIM16 and Fantasy underscore Sherpa on Twitter, at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page on Facebook, and at FantasyFootballSherpa.com. We're all over the place, happy to help you. So feel free to send those questions in. We will definitely help you get your lineup to its full potential. In the meantime... Uh, let's uh, let's dive right in with some predictions. What do you think? Okay, we'll see if any of these uh, turn out to be meat or stuffing here. Um, <laughs> so we actually have a, a, an uncommonly good slate of games this year. The the one that's yep. obviously a little less attractive than it was <clears throat> about three days ago is the Pittsburgh and Indy game at night because. Mm-hmm. Uh, of Andrew Luck being out this week, which we'll get to. But uh, you know, other than that, you'll probably have the tryptophan poisoning by then anyway. So that game will probably be the least of your concerns at that point. But um, up first, we've got the uh, the early game, the 12:30 Eastern game between Minnesota at Detroit. And much as I I like Minnesota and want to pick them and believe that they're on the road back now with with you know having beaten Arizona last week, I just think that was a mirage. I think on the road at Detroit Thanksgiving, I'm still not impressed by that offense, and don't think their defense can pull it out for them this week. So I'm going with Detroit here on the on the um, strength of uh, Matthew Stafford's passing. I'll go Detroit 24 and Minnesota 20. Uh, I think this. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Detroit's got to win this game. I'd love to be surprised and have Sam Bradford look like a world beater. I don't anticipate that actually happening, especially without the likelihood of Stefan Diggs being in the lineup. So I'm taking this as the lowest scoring game of the day. I'm going Detroit 21-17. I think Minnesota's defense is going to keep them in it. We saw the defense and special teams in Minnesota last week won that game for them, and it's entirely possible it could swing that way again. But I think that the pass game of Detroit and Theo Riddick, I think, will be enough that they can overcome a, a very good defense in Minnesota. 
Well, this will be interesting for a few other reasons, too, chief among them that uh, this is actually uh, Sam Bradford's team playing in the Turkey Day game at Detroit for the second season in a row. Of course, last year he was a member of the Eagles and did not play on Thanksgiving Day, so we retreated to the spectacle of uh, Mark Sanchez and his one of his last hurrahs in the in the Eagles uniform getting smushed. um, Pretty, (laughs) I think it was 45-14 by by Detroit, so that wasn't pretty. But uh, hopefully, uh, Mm -mm. Bradford will have a better Thanksgiving than he did last year. And and I wonder how long it'll be before one of the announcers gets confused and, and says either Sam Stafford or Sam, Sam Stafford or Matthew Bradford tomorrow. <laughs> I'd say it's it's probably going to happen pretty early on, but you know, it's one of those fun things you get to look forward to on Thanksgiving. <laughs> I suppose you could make a drinking game out of it, but uh, you know, I'm so thinking about it. Get, <laughs> now we get on to the, the next game, which is probably the one you're most interested in. It's um, just like yeah. the Minnesota and Detroit game where we had two teams tied for first place, both with six and four records here. This time we've got um, Dallas hosting their traditional Thanksgiving Day game against Washington. Dallas sitting at nine and one, Washington six, three and one. Washington wins this, the right back in the in the thick of the NFC East race. And I'm going to pick a minor <laughs> upset here, I think. Washington will be able to score just enough on Dallas to pull this one out. I'll go with a final score of Washington 27, Dallas 24, which should displease you no end. I mean, so many things you do <laughs> displease me to no end. So many of these picks. But um, obviously I'm hoping this one goes differently. I wouldn't be stunned if you were right. I have Dallas winning 27-24. We agree on the score, just not so much on the outcome. Um, this game, this game scares me a lot more than a lot of games the last few weeks. So I will be uh, on the edge of my seat being taunted by my family of Eagles fans the entire time. So I'm really looking forward to that. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's going to be a rough uh, weekend for you just, um, between the Cowboys and we'll get to the Eagles since they have the Monday night game a little bit later on, but things are not great in my world. (laughs) Well, in general they are, but I would just say I would just I would just uh, posit that this particular week they might not be as quite as great, but we'll see how that goes. So the night game we have Pittsburgh at Indianapolis. Indianapolis, as we said, no luck for them. Um, they haven't had any luck in quite a few years, even when they've had luck. But yeah. I think Pittsburgh here just they sh- they should be able to move the ball any way they want to on the ground through the air. However, Indianapolis, I mean, Scott Tolzien, the owner of one career touchdown pass and five career interceptions, I just don't see this being his breakout game. I think Pittsburgh will take this pretty easily and disappointing, you know, that that we're not going to have three good Thanksgiving Day games, but so be it. I'll go with the final score here, Pittsburgh 28, Indianapolis 17. I've got Pittsburgh 30, Indianapolis 20, uh, about the same vein. I just without Andrew Luck, with Andrew Luck, this becomes a very interesting game. You know, this time last week, we're all excited about it. Eh, without Andrew Luck, this becomes pretty pedestrian. you got a pretty banged-up Indianapolis offense as it is, despite Ben Roethlisberger not being 100%. Uh, it's just something pretty drastic would have to happen for Scott Tolzien to lead the Colts to a victory here, I just it'd be fun to see it happen. I mean, unless you're a Steelers fan, but I just I don't think realistically it's that possible. All right, next up we've got the first of the Sunday games. We've got the Giants. Um, this this there is their way to beat up on Cleveland. I don't really <laughs> see how Cleveland, especially with uh, Cody Kessler you know, hurting again and Josh McCown not entirely healthy. I just don't see how this goes well for Cleveland. Giants starting to fashion some semblance of a running game, but I think they'll do most of the damage here through the air. I say Eli Manning and the Giants get a big victory over the you know, over the um, Browns. I'll go with uh, New York 30, Cleveland 17 as the Giants gain a game on the first-place Cowboys. I mean, I'd love to pick Cleveland to upset here. It's just really tough to do with Josh McCown under center. 
Um, and the fact that Terrell Pryor's still not healthy, Isaiah Crowell's not looking like him. So it just, it's a perfect storm. And the Giants' defense has been getting better week by week. Uh, they, they've won five straight. They look pretty decent. I think Eli Manning's going to have a really nice game. Uh, and I've got the Giants winning this 31-17. So I think it'll it'll be pretty well in hand from the get-go here. I just don't think the Browns have too much of a chance. Next up, we've got San Francisco at Miami. Miami was on the left coast last week and got pretty fortunate after really not doing much for 50, the first 50 minutes of the game, first 55 minutes That's of the game, actually, and <laughs> scoring too late um, touchdowns to, to take that. Um, I, I don't think this game will be as close. I think Miami wins this pretty easily. I'll go with a final score of Dolphins 27, 49ers 14. I've got the Dolphins 27, the 49ers 13. So, again, same, pretty much the same outcome. Um, I think Miami is going to look a lot stronger this week. I just – I would love I, – I just – it'd be cool to see San Francisco look functional. I was excited about Carlos Hyde coming back, but Miami's defense really isn't bad. Um, they're an above-average defense, and San Francisco is a below-average offense. So that's usually not a good recipe for success. Next, we've got the aforementioned Rams with their their new shiny toy, Jared Goff, traveling to New Orleans. New Orleans losing that uh, game last Thursday night against the Panthers. They spotted the Panthers, no pun intended, to a 20-3 lead and then a 23-3 lead and then came back to make it close and interesting at the end. Not quite sure what they were thinking on that last play, throwing a short pass to Michael Thomas Jeez. instead of trying to throw it into the end zone, but um, and then him looking to run it himself against ten guys rather than lateraling it. But whatever, um, I think New Orleans has a better outcome this week. I think this is actually going to be a surprisingly high-scoring game, at least surprising from the Rams' standpoint. I think Todd Gurley has another passable effort, and you know, Jared Goff does okay. Kenny Britt might be in for a big game, but I still think New Orleans pulls this out. I'll say New Orleans 31, Rams 24. Okay. Um, I, I see it a little lower scoring. I think the Rams defense is going to stand strong, but I still have New Orleans winning 24-17. I think Jared Goff is going to look better, but because he's going to be playing from behind all game, he's maybe going to make some throws he shouldn't, and that might be their downfall. Um, but I, I think this will be a closer game than maybe it might look on paper. I mean, Jared Goff and Drew Brees isn't necessarily the most even matchup in the world, but, you know, I Jared Goff's learning, <laughs> and he's not coming out of the game maybe looking quite as good as we had hoped, but I think that he's gonna we're going to see him progress over these next few weeks maybe faster than we're anticipating from how he looked in that first game. Next up, we've got Tennessee at Chicago. Chicago, if they don't have Jake Cutler, I, I think they're probably, even with Brian Hoyer, I think they're in danger of rapidly descending into Cleveland territory. Tennessee, disappointing loss last week to Indy, but I think they get back on the right track here. They should be able to run past and do anything they want against Chicago's defense. I'll go with the final score here of Tennessee 28, Chicago 14. I've got Tennessee 31, Chicago 21. Uh, I like Brian Hoyer. I like some of the things that Chicago can do when Brian Hoyer's your quarterback, but uh, Tennessee has to bounce back from last week. They're much better than they showed, uh, and this needs to be kind of a statement game for them. I don't think that the Bears' defense matches up particularly well with the offense that Tennessee's going to throw at them, and I just I think maybe it's not going to be Chicago's week. You're right there veering off into some scary territory. So speaking of games that shouldn't be close, next one up, we've got Jacksonville at Buffalo. Jacksonville, Blake Bortles showing some signs of life. Unfortunately, this thing can't be said for their running game where TJ Elvin is hurt and Chris Ivory can't seem to string two good games in a row together. Yeah. Buffalo, some injury concerns there with LaShawn McCoy and you know questionable and Robert Woods doubtful, but I just think whether it's LaShawn McCoy or, or Mike Ridiculously, I think Buffalo is just going to overrun literally the the Jaguars. I'll go with the final score here, Buffalo 34, Jacksonville 20. 
Uh, I've got Buffalo 24, Jacksonville 17. I'd like to think it's going to be a little bit closer. You're right, there is absolutely no effective run game happening in Jacksonville. Uh, I I had really high hopes for T.J. Yeldon and what this team was going to look like, but without a run game, it's hard to keep a defense honest, which is partially why the pass game has been as ineffective. Uh, Just Buffalo and their defense are just going to come through, and I think they're going to dominate this. I just... Oh, I'm sad for Jacksonville. I'm excited that I I don't think this will be as lopsided as maybe you do, but you know I just this game makes me a little sad. <laughs> Next up, we have a game that at least on paper looks like it should be pretty competitive. Arizona, fresh off a a road defeat in Minnesota last week, is going south and east this week, and uh, traveling to the Falcons. Falcons, Tevin Coleman should be back. Um, they're hard to know what to make of this game. You know, yeah. Cardinals defense <laughs> against the Falcons offense should be a really good matchup. I think Atlanta will rebound off the bye week and get the better of this. I'll go with Atlanta 27, Arizona 24, and maybe there is something to the whole notion of Arizona not being a good uh, East Coast road team or at least a, a, a non-West uh, Coast road team. I just yeah, they're, they were both our Super Bowl. Both of us picked them to win the Super Bowl before the season yeah. started, but they, I don't know about you, I'm not but I'm willing up. to admit. I'm not giving I, up. I'm yet. willing to admit I was wrong about that. I'm not ready to. I'm not ready to go that quite that far. I'm still staying way out on this limb. Um, Carson Palmer has not looked great the last few weeks. I will give him that. Luckily, he's got some decent receivers to bail him out, and David Johnson, who is just on another level. Uh, I'm taking Arizona to win this 27-24. David Johnson is going to be the difference maker here. I just maybe it's a little bit of wishful thinking, but I think this could happen. I think they need this game, and they're going to come in hungry, even though they're going to the East Coast. And this will be kind of a turning point for them. And then we're getting back on the Super Bowl track. All right, I promise not to hop back on the bandwagon if that does indeed happen. <laughs> It's okay. I mean, at this point, the bandwagon has on that plenty bandwagon. of room on it, so I think you'll find a it seat. It does. <clears throat> With all the road games that they've got left, I just don't see them riding the ship, so to speak, but we'll see. In David Next Johnson, up, we trust. <laughs> well, he is He's definitely, if it's not uh, David Johnson, Ezekiel Elliott, those two have been like, head and shoulders yeah. above other running backs this season we can probably agree on that but yes I just mm-hmm. don't I think Carson Palmer against Matt Ryan I, I don't think that's really a fair fight and it's just a matter of whether Arizona's defense can staunch the bleeding and I don't think they'll be able to do that but should be mm-hmm. one of the more interesting Sunday games this next is true we've got, so. next we've got Cincinnati at Baltimore yeah, AFC North rivalry. You sound so excited about it. <laughs> no, it's just, again, Cincinnati looks like a pretty good passing team, and then A.J. Green goes down, and what are you left with? Brandon LaFell and Tyler Boyd. We can talk more about that when we get to wide receivers and waiver wire pickups. But yeah, and good news, Baltimore, Brandon LaFell is not healthy, so get excited, guys. <laughs> yeah, just going up against Baltimore's defense, you know, they certainly didn't make things easy for Dallas, last week, even though they eventually lost the game. But this time at home against a depleted Cincinnati receiving core, I'm going to pick Baltimore. I'll say that they win this 24-21. I'm taking Baltimore 27-20. Not having A.J. Green is tough. Andy Dalton's not at 100%. uh, And just overall, Cincinnati hasn't really looked like a world beater. Baltimore's coming into this a little hungrier, and this is is a huge game for that division. Uh, Whoever you know, whoever wins really is taking kind of a commanding lead atop that division, and I think Baltimore's going to do it. San Diego at Houston. San Diego lives and dies by the pass. Houston more so by the run. Brock Osweiler, I know you haven't been a fan this year. and Nope. Philip Rivers definitely now. outplaying him. Just a matter of how healthy your San Diego's receiver is going to be. Antonio Gates. Showing signs of life again. 
I think this all adds up to a narrow victory for San Diego. I'll take them to win this 24-21. I'm taking San Diego 24-17. Uh, Houston's offense, and I, I use that term kind of loosely. Obviously, I'm not a Brock Weiler fan in this system, but they're pretty banged up. Uh, everyone's missing practice or limited. They're questionable. There's just a lot of injuries right now, which makes me a little nervous because it's not the deepest lineup to begin with. And San Diego has the ability to, sure, they're only going to play 58 minutes of football because they're not going to play the last two minutes of any game as we've seen all season. But in that first 58 minutes, they can really turn it on and put some points up fast, despite the fact that, you know, maybe this isn't the most favorable of matchups for some of the wide receivers fantasy-wise. I still think Phillip Rivers will do enough damage that uh, it just Houston's not going to have a chance here. Plus the reps, oh, Houston won, right? Yeah, I think so. But you know, maybe they don't. Maybe they don't like Brock Osweiler's style of play either. <laughs> That's probably what happened on Monday night against the Raiders. Mm-hmm. So we've got <laughs> that was brutal. Seattle, Houston. Yes, Seattle at Tampa Bay in the battle of two teams that came into the league as expansion teams in the same season. I think it was 1976. 1977 or thereabouts. Not that that's going to have much impact on this game, but I still like here we've got another West Coast team traveling to the East Coast, and I think Seattle, just their defense is good enough, and I think Russell Wilson is surprising me a little bit with the passing game, but Jameis Winston showing signs of life, but I think Seattle still wins this. I'll go with the final score. Seattle 24, uh, not Houston, Seattle 27, Tampa Bay 21. That's very impressive that you think Seattle's so good they're going to actually be two different teams. And, you know, I think they could do it. (laughs) Uh, This is not the best matchup for Tampa Bay, despite not being in Seattle. It still might feel like they are. Uh, I think that Jameis Winston's going to get a little bit slowed down here. I don't love the matchup for Doug Martin. I think that Doug Baldwin, on the other hand, probably has a huge game. That's the deciding factor in this 27-14 Seattle victory. I just, hey, if James Winston wants to step up and really show us a huge game against a real tough defense, I will have, I will eat my words here. I just don't see it happening. Didn't you do that last week against Kansas City? Yeah, I mean, let's see it more than once. That could have been a fluke. I'm I'm taking uh, that Kansas City loss as a fluke because I'm very hyped on Kansas City right now. <laughs> I know you were from last week's show. I still am. I still again I'm sitting in a very wide open bandwagon, stretched out, living life, and when everyone comes crawling back, you know, I you know, I'll be welcoming, but I'm gonna remind you all that you were gone for a while. <laughs> the welcoming gloater that, that sounds just like yeah. you. Yeah, I think that's actually a very accurate term. <laughs> All right. Next, we've got New England at the Jets. Jets, uh, their once vaunted pass defense doesn't seem to be holding up their end of the bargain. Run defense still pretty good. New England, one of the better run defenses, and with Tom Brady back the past eight weeks, uh, more of a Passing offense again, too. I just don't see how the Jets keep this close unless there's some something I'm really overlooking here. I'll go with New England to win this by two touchdowns. New England 34, Jets 20. game doesn't feel fair. Like, this just this feels like maybe we just shouldn't even play it. I understand this is why you play the games and something crazy could happen, but even without Gronkowski and with Brady saying his knee is sore and, and everyone's got some kind of – like, it's just – I don't care who plays quarterback for the Patriots. There's no way the Jets are winning this game. Like, it's just, there's just not enough to go around. Hmm? What if Scott Tolzien were the Patriots quarterback this week? I think I'd still take the Patriots. I might might not pick them to cover the spread, but I think I'd still take the Patriots. (laughs) Okay. What's your score on this game? I've got New England 31-20. Okay, sounds like we're in pretty close agreement there. Let's try yeah. the game I skipped, the Carolina at Oakland. I'm not sure why I skipped it, but I did. I don't know. You just so, you really weren't feeling that one. <laughs> I guess not. I do think this will be one of the more interesting 
games of the week, just in terms of offense and fantasy points. Carolina has just Cam Newton hasn't had quite the year he did last year, but against Oakland's defense, he should have a safe game. I'll say both of these offenses do pretty much what they want, especially with Luke Keekley likely out. I'll go with a final score here, though, of Oakland 30, Carolina 27. Okay, I've got Oakland 31, Carolina 27, so we're, we're right in line again. Uh, the defenses are, are really going to be a non-factor here. This is going to be very offensively driven, and it it's something I think it's going to go back and forth. It could come down to whoever gets the ball last, but I just think Oakland is a little bit more poised of a team. I think they have a better idea of their identity and, and what they're doing on the field. Carolina still feels very frazzled and like they're flying by the seat of their pants a lot of the time, and I think that's going to be the difference here for Oakland. Right. Next, we've got the game that was flexed into Sunday night. I can't remember what game they flexed out of Sunday night, but it, hopefully it wasn't Giants in Cleveland but or Patriots and Jets. But this game <laughs> should be a lot more competitive. That's Kansas City and the wide-open bandwagon that Jana occupied by herself pretty much at yeah. this point after their loss. It's okay. Last it's week like me and Alex Smith's family, and that's pretty much it. But, you know, the weather is fine. Things are great here. <laughs> All righty, and they're up against Denver in Denver, which is going to be a challenge. I don't like this game either for Kansas City. I mean, I like the team, but I just don't think this is a good matchup for them either. Denver starting to go through running backs at a pretty good clip, but I think they'll have just enough um, offense to to win this. I'll go with the final score of Denver 24, Kansas City 21. Uh, despite me being a founding member of this Kansas City bandwagon, I'm actually not picking them to win this week. Denver coming off a bye at home. They are a healthier-looking team than Kansas City right now. Alex Smith, big fan, like what you're doing. I needed Tyree Kill to come up a little bigger last week in Jeremy Macklin's absence. Looks like Macklin's still going to try to play this week, although I wouldn't recommend starting him. I don't think he's going to last through the whole game. I think the Denver defense is the difference here. My money is probably on Alex Smith throwing an ill-advised pass to, say, Travis Kelsey that's getting picked off for pick six. That's how I see this game going down. And unfortunately, bandwagon's still going to be pretty empty going into next week, but then you guys will all start coming back around is how I think this is going to go. (laughs) All right, and what's your score on this game? 21-17. It's a barn burner. Next, we've got the... Monday night game, we've got Green Bay at Philadelphia. I don't know if you're still on the Green Bay bandwagon because that one's probably yep. pretty empty at this point, too. But yeah, it's actually, I think it's one combined bandwagon because there are so few people on all three of these. It might yeah, just be me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, this one, I'm a little bit shocked. I'm not sure how you can still be on the Green Bay bandwagon with the, the lack of defense there. But this week, they're going up against Philadelphia not so much on the offensive side, especially with their running backs dropping like flies, but a very strong defense. Yeah. Green Bay, uh, it's, it's still got a, a decent offense. I'll give them that. But defense, they're just a horror show right now. I think Philadelphia is going to be the second consecutive NFC East team to beat Green Bay at home. I'll go with the final score here, uh, Green Bay 27 over the visiting Packers, 21. You just picked Green Bay to beat Green Bay, just for what that's worth. Did I? <laughs> Pretty sure no, I, I meant Eagles. <laughs> Eagles 27, Green Bay 21. I think that is impressive. <laughs> um, so Philly have, is uh, undefeated at home. Their defense. Teams and I have one team beating itself. This is a, <laughs> it's an, it's an aggressive slate of picks this week. <laughs> You're already, already hitting that turkey pretty hard, huh? <laughs> yeah, the, the cold turkey, not the wild turkey. <laughs> so I'm still on the Green Bay bandwagon. Uh, there, It's very spacious here. I think that Aaron Rodgers in prime time is where he does some of his best work, despite this being a very suspect defense. Like he did very last Sunday night. Very suspect defense. Um, I think that Green Bay is going to win 24-23, and that is in large part – to 
the inefficiency of of some major portions of this Eagles offense. I've had the privilege slash dishonor of watching pretty much every down of the Eagles this season. And the fact that no one can hang on to a football and their running backs can't stay healthy, plus Carson Wentz is just staring down his wide receivers from across the way so everyone knows where the ball's going. These are troubling things to me. And despite the defense of Green Bay being atrocious, they still can make something out of that. So I think Green Bay is going to take this final seconds of this game, 24-23. Is there going to be a missed extra point along the way or 11 missed, 13 extra missed points, missed extra points, however many there were last weekend? Extra points are tough these days, man. Being a kicker, is it's a tough life. Just yeah, that's two kickers missed two in a game, that was, that was pretty brutal. Yeah. And, of course, with I've, the Giants, there was even it. more bittersweet just because Robbie Gold got cut by the Bears. Mm-hmm. earlier in the season, then he comes to the Giants and misses two extra points against his former team, so not his It was not a good day hour, to be Robbie Gould. I will say but that. But at least he's still on the team, so that's more than yeah. he could say in Chicago or more than Blair Walsh could say. But So mm. why don't we move on to individual position analyses and player recommendations and start with running backs. Why don't you get us caught up to date, Jen, on who's all injured, and you're going to have to take let's, a deep breath this week. Let's everybody, let's everybody, this is this is the time if you need to grab a snack. <laughs> this is the time to get up and move around the cabin. Uh, as far as running back injuries, it's actually, yeah, it and wide receivers are pretty comparable this week. Uh, Lorenzo Talaferro, who I'm sure is in a lot of your lineups, I say that with a lot of sarcasm. He's not practicing with a thigh injury. This is more of a deeper league thing and for you making outright picks more so than your daily fantasy league. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, a bigger deal with that thumb injury. He's been limited at practice. They're calling him questionable. He needs to play because Mike Gillisley, his backup, left practice today with a hamstring injury, which keep an eye on that because if you're hoping to handcuff this week, that might not be the duo to do it with. Jeremy Langford missed practice today. He's sick. If he misses practice again on Friday, I'll start worrying. But for now, I think he'll be okay come this weekend. Theo Riddick is listed as questionable and limited at practice with the ever-present ankle injury. He's going to play. He'll be fine. Lamar Miller, same boat, limited at practice with an ankle injury, being listed as questionable. He should play. Uh, TJ Yeldon didn't practice today. He's got an ankle injury. He's also just not good right now. He's questionable. I wouldn't advise starting him, but he should play this week. Charkandrick West has a concussion. He's not practicing. He's still in the concussion protocol. Pretty questionable. Uh, I'd say he's trending more towards doubtful for this week. So uh, I'm sure we'll talk about it in a little bit, but Spencer Ware is the way to go there. Mark Ingram dealing with a concussion. It looks like he should be a go. Um, but he's officially listed as questionable. Darren Sproles and Ryan Matthews, as you alluded to earlier, the Eagles lost many wide re- or many running backs this week. Darren Sproles has a rib injury. Ryan Matthews is dealing with a knee injury. It looks like Sproles is the healthier of the two. Ryan Matthews is is looking like he's more of a long shot to play. So if you had to pick one, go Darren Sproles. Uh, I'm just a little concerned. He takes a bad hit. He's not making it through this game. He was in a lot of pain this week. C.J. Proceis fractured his scapula. That's not one you get every day. He's going to be out until the playoffs, you know, should Seattle make the playoffs. It's all Thomas Rawls now. Jaquiz Rogers was limited practice. He's questionable with a foot injury. DeMarco Murray as well, not practicing with that foot injury. He's going to play this week. He'll be fine. That's more of a maintenance thing. So there you go. Okay. I'm back for my snack now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So in terms of waiver wire recommendations for this week, Mike Dillis, they would have been at the top of my list, but with that hmm. hamstring injury you alluded to, that might not be such a good idea. Wendell Smallwood with the Eagles, Derek Henry could be in for a big game if DeMarco Murray is at all limited. Paul Perkins is showing signs of life with the Giants and if you want more of a long shot, I'll go with Kenneth Dixon with Baltimore. Yeah, uh, I actually like that one. I'm, I'm 
Certainly not opposed to Kenneth Dixon. I, I picked him tonight. up off the waiver wire in a couple of teams. So, yeah, hopefully we'll uh, get a shot at some point. Yeah, I, I think it's worth it, especially with the matchup this week. Uh, as far as running backs, uh, JGI very high on the list. I think he's going to have himself a really nice day, as well as Ezekiel Elliott. Theo Riddick, despite not being 100%, still going to be a big factor. Thomas Rawls, who's now the de facto only back <laughs> in in Seattle, he, he's poised for another big day. Uh, Frank Gore, Rob Kelly, who I'm still a little salty about from last week, Le'Veon Bell, Rashad Jennings, Spencer Ware, uh, Mark Ingram. I'd keep an eye on that one, have a backup plan in case for some reason they do not act keep him active. But he looks like he should be fine coming off that concussion. Um, so there's, you know, there's some juicy matchups out there this week. I'll throw Los Angeles' Todd Gurley onto the list. Mm-hmm. Um, Lamar Miller with Houston, if he's healthy enough to play. Tampa Bay's Doug Martin, Carolina's Jonathan Stewart, Oakland's Latavius Murray, the Jets' Matt Forte, and the Eagles. I'll go out on a little bit of a limb and say Wendell Smallwood gets the bulk of the carries this week and has a nice game for them. So those are my running backs that I like. Not a secret. I'm not a huge fan of Wendell Smallwood. If you've ever listened to the show this season, um, I actually um, I'm staying away from all all three or twelve of the Eagles running backs. Um, it looks like Ryan Matthews probably isn't going to play. Even if he does, I don't want him in my lineup. And I'm just worried, even with Darren Sproles, maybe I make him a flex option. Beyond that, unless I, I'm desperate, I don't want to play him because I really don't know if he's going to make it through that whole game with this rib injury. Um, I have Doug Martin on my sit list this week. I don't love the matchup for him. Charkandrick West, as we talked about earlier, it's going to be all Spencer Ware. Uh, Isaiah Crowell just has started strong. It just has teep, kind of gone downhill in a way that's really not going to work for my fantasy team. He's at best a flex option. Matt Asiata, despite the fact he keeps getting in the end zone, there's not enough. He's losing carries every week to Jarek McKinnon. So even though he's a touchdown vulture, if I don't have anything better because of injuries, um, I, I'm trying to keep him out of my lineup. And James Starks, I'm kind of on the fence about it because I think they're there's a scenario where he certainly could be a factor, um, especially in a PPR league out of the backfield. But I, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have to throw too much for, for James Starks to be too big of a, a portion of that offense this week against the Eagles. I'll add to that list Frank Gore with Indianapolis, Carlos Hyde with San Francisco, uh, Jordan Howard with Chicago, and that's about it for me in terms of running backs that I would avoid like the plague this week. <laughs> like the, not just avoid, but avoid like the plague. Yes. All right. Let's do these wide receiver injuries. Okay. If you didn't finish your Take snack before, and now's the time. I'll, well, I'll go get another one. <laughs> there you go. It's Thanksgiving. You start stretching your stomach. People make that mistake. They fast before. That's the wrong way to do this. But I digress. Uh, Julio Jones dealing with a shoulder injury. He is questionable. He will forever be questionable. He's the number one wide receiver that gets banged up on a weekly basis. He will play. Robert Woods, on the other hand, not practicing with a knee sprain. He's listed as doubtful. doesn't look good for him. I know there are a lot of people with Sammy Watkins on their fantasy team uh, hoping that this is the week he comes back. He's been limited at practice. He's looking pretty good. Keep your eye on it. See if it happens, especially if Robert Woods not playing. This could be the week for Sammy Watkins. Eddie Royal didn't practice. He's questionable with the toe injury. He'll be fine this week. Brandon LaFell, as we talked about before, he is uh, he's questionable. He's not practicing with a knee injury. See what he looks like on Thursday and Friday before deciding whether or not you're going to pick him up off the waiver wire or if you need to replace him in your lineup. Um, it could be a maintenance day today, but uh, I'd tread lightly there. A.J. Green carted off the field with a hamstring injury on Sunday. He's out this week. They're saying that it's not season-ending, but this is certainly a week-by-week injury. Des Bryant, they're calling questionable as a back injury. If he doesn't get it together to play, I'd be shocked. Will Fuller was limited at practice today with a knee injury. Uh, again, that's more of a maintenance thing. He should be fine. 
Dante Moncrief with his hamstring injury is questionable. Looks good like he's good to go. Jeremy Macklin with the groin injury not practicing. Obviously didn't play last week. Seems to still be bothering him. I'd be a little more concerned going later into the week about this one, so keep an eye on it. Kenny Stills and Jarvis Landry are both questionable. Limited at practice. They both look like they're going to be good to go this week. Stefan Diggs likely going to be out for tomorrow's game with that knee injury. That's certainly a blow for uh, Sam Bradford's offense. Marcus Wheaton with his shoulder went on IR this week for the Steelers. Kind of a tough week to be a wide receiver. <laughs> Torrey Smith still dealing with that nagging shoulder injury. He's been limited at practice. They're calling him questionable. He should be fine. Deshaun Jackson's injury du jour this week is his shoulder. He's questionable. He looks like he's good to go. I can't promise he's going to survive a whole game, but he'll be out on the field at least to start. So that's good news for Redskins fans. As far as waiver wire recommendations go this week, with Brandon LaFell looking unhealthy, I think Tyler And looking like Brandon LaFell. (laughs) He's had some flashes of... I'm not a Brandon LaFell fan. I'm sure he's a very nice human, not great at catching the football. We don't care about the human thing, do we? (laughs) I mean, maybe. (laughs) He could be somewhere listening, making a voodoo doll of us. So, I mean, I'd like to at least cover my bases. Well, if that's true, then I'm in a lot of trouble because I've been making a a lot of jokes about uh, that Carolina Panther wide receiver who's been in jail for the past 20 years, so if there's a voodoo doll <laughs> somewhere, I'm, I'm in a lot of trouble. There is definitely a hit out on you. <laughs> if there's a Ray Carruth voodoo doll maker, I'm, I'm in a lot of trouble. So, And I think he gets out of prison next year, too, so I've got to watch out. <laughs> That's what um, Sherpa's thankful for this year. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm thankful that Ray Carruth is still in prison. <laughs> And there's another pin in the booth. <laughs> exactly. So Tyler Boyd becomes a very intriguing option this week. And yeah. I have an interesting question, or at least I think it's interesting to post to you in a minute about him. Victor Cruz oh. with the Giants. Eli Rogers with Pittsburgh. Pierre Garcon with Washington. Adam Humphreys with Tampa Bay. Tyreek Hill with Kansas City. And Adam Thielen with Minnesota. All owned by well less than half the fantasy football population. Go get them if you need them. So I can I tell you, as a card-carrying member of the Kansas City Chiefs bandwagon, Tyree Kill is owned by the majority of my fantasy team. So don't worry, guys. I'm all in on it. Well, that's good. <laughs> so here's my hypothetical question for you, or I should say yes. hypothetical, something like that. Mm-hmm. So with, I, do. <laughs> I had a choice this week in one league between Tyler Boyd, who – you know, looked pretty uh-huh. good last week in in relief of AJ Green, but has a tough matchup this week against Baltimore. Or Eli mm-hmm. Rogers, who had a good matchup last week and was disappointing, has another good matchup mm-hmm. this week against Indianapolis. Which one of those two do you go with? And then I'll give you what I decided to do and explain my rationale. So, which of those two guys do you go Ooh. with? Tyler Boyd and Eli Rogers. Uh, this week. I'd probably go Eli Rogers just because the point total is going to be higher that Pittsburgh's going to score than Cincinnati. Overall, like season long, I think I like Tyler Boyd better. But I think if I'm just looking at this week, I might go Eli Rogers. So I actually went with Tyler Boyd thinking that Eli Rogers, even at his best, is is going to be at, at most a number two receiver with Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, and that's somewhat in question, whereas Tyler Boyd has a very I good love chance Tyler Boyd. the number so one good. receiver with Cincinnati. So even if they don't score as many points as Pittsburgh does, I think there are fewer other offensive options for Cincinnati right now. We didn't even talk about Giovanni Bernard when we were talking about the running mm-hmm. backs, but he's obviously gone, you know, you know, gone. So you know, between losing A.J. Green and Giovanni Bernard, I just think Tyler Boyd, it, it, I guess you have to be named Tyler now to be an offensive weapon with, I with think so. Cincinnati. But yeah. I just decided to go with him both for this week and for the duration of the season, but we'll see if that turns out to be the right choice or not. 
Luckily, Tyler's a pretty common name, so they can just keep drafting guys named Tyler. They could. They could. It's not so a bad how strategy. About the, the Tyler, <clears throat> Tyler team. So how about <laughs> top uh, wide receiver options this week? Who do you like most? Who are some of the people at the top of your list? Uh, my list is pretty – the top, top of my list is Doug Baldwin. Hands down, uh, loving Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree this week. Not everyone's on the same page with me, but I think Des Bryant and Cole Beasley both poised for good games. I think Cole Beasley is a really nice sleeper pick this week. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, despite Carson Palmer not being the Carson Palmer of six weeks ago, Larry Fitzgerald still does a great job of getting the job done. Julian Edelman, Rashard Matthews, who's really come on, obviously last week, a bit of a blip in the radar. Dante Moncrief. I'm hoping is going to have a little more uh, chemistry with Scott Tolvin. I just, if I had to pick somebody, I'm going to pick Dante Moncrief, I think, out of that offense. Antonio Brown, Deshaun Jackson, who, even though he's banged up, and I don't love to recommend playing him, playing the Cowboys, especially in Dallas, usually means at least a couple of big plays for him. Uh, Julio Jones, without a doubt. But those, those are the names that jump off at me. I'll add Odell Beckham to the list. The New Orleans receivers, all three of them. Uh, Los Angeles, Kenny Britt, I like a lot. Uh, you mentioned Richard Matthews for mm-hmm. Tennessee. Jacksonville, I like uh, Allen Robinson and Allen Hearns to step up this week. And just looking down the list, uh, Tyrone Williams with um, with San Diego, I think, is in for a big week. I mm-hmm. love the, Dol- the Doug Baldwin pick, too. Carolina, I think Calvin Benjamin has a big week. And New England, you know, it could be Julian Edelman. It could be Malcolm Mitchell. Somebody's going to have a big week against that just pass defense. And then for Green Bay, even though I think they're going to lose the game, I think Jordan, uh, Jordy Nelson is, is probably mm-hmm. a, a top pick this week. Randall Cobb, not bad either. And hopefully I think Tajay Sharp could be an interesting flex option or in a deeper league. Um, he's He's been coming yeah. on the last few weeks. I was hoping it would happen sooner, but, you know, better late than never. So any wide receivers that would be on most people's start list that you're looking to avoid this week? Terrell Pryor, uh, usually good for some at least some garbage fantasy points. We saw what happened with Cody Kessler getting knocked out. Uh, the offense just came to a standstill. I just This isn't a good matchup. It's not a great quarterback matchup for him. I'm keeping him on my bench this week. Tyrell Williams, uh, I just not, I'm not loving the matchup. I think that it's, it's going to have to go maybe a different direction for them to score some points. Golden Tate and Marvin Jones, one of them is going to have a good game. I don't know who it's going to be. If you want to hedge your bets, go for it. I like Golden Tate a little bit better, but quite frankly, I, it's almost a toss-up to me. So I'm, if I have better options, I'm probably leaving both on my bench. And Victor Cruz and Sterling Shepard, just because I think that it's going to be Odell Beckham Jr. Beyond that, it's – I just – I don't know how much that they're going to be a factor. Um, the, the run game, it's balanced. Eli Manning's going to throw, but he doesn't have to throw forever just because of the matchup. Cleveland's defense isn't necessarily something to write home about, but I think you have some better matchups uh, around the league for points in your wide receiver slot. So I'm going to to uh, raise your ire yet again by picking Ugh. Des Bryant as somebody I would avoid this week, even without the back injury. Uh, Jarvis Fine. Landry You can avoid Miami. Des Bryant all you want, but Cole Beasley is where the money is at this week. <laughs> all right. He got, I know he's their leading you receiver, heard it here but first. He, got knocked around, he got knocked around pretty good last week against Baltimore early in the game. But, he's not a large man. Yeah, that happens so, occasionally. <laughs> yeah. So just thinking here, you know, Chicago, I, I don't like the situation there this week. Baltimore no. <laughs> don't really love Steve Smith or anybody else this week. Um, you know, Houston, DeAndre Hopkins looks to me like he's going to come up small this week. Tampa Bay don't really like Mike Evans' matchup. Um, the Jets just 
avoid that whole situation, no matter who the quarterback is. And Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders a little down on them this week, too. And uh, Jordan Matthews, don't start him for, for Philadelphia. Those are the guys I'd stay no. away from. No, it just that's just not going to work this week. Sorry, Jordan Matthews. All right, why don't we move on to quarterbacks then? And not too many injuries, but some pretty significant ones. Why don't you run those down for us? Well, as we talked about earlier, Andrew Luck is already ruled out for tomorrow's game with a concussion. Our man Scott Tolzien going to be under center. Uh, Jay Cutler is not going to play this week. He's got a shoulder injury. Uh, they were saying it was season-ending. Now they're saying it's not season-ending. His effectiveness has ended, so realistically he's not a fantasy candidate anymore. Cody Kessler is still in the concussion protocol. Josh McCown's going to get the start there. Andy Dalton's been limited at practice with a shoulder injury. Same deal as last week. He's going to play. Um, Tom Brady didn't practice today with what they're calling a knee injury. He'll be fine. And Robert Griffin III returned to practice. They're shooting for a, a December return for him. So just in time for the carousel in Cleveland to continue rolling, he'll be back. Get excited, people. For waiver wire options, Ryan Tannehill with Miami looks good to me. So does Jeff Blanco with Baltimore, Alex Smith with Kansas City. If you're a little more desperate, Carson Wentz with Philadelphia, and mm-hmm. Josh McCown with Cleveland, and uh, <clears throat> Scott Tolzien with Indianapolis. That one, that one hurt you to say, didn't it, Scott Tolzien? It did. I just, <laughs> I have to pick him up in one league. You literally choked on it. <laughs> I have to try to pick him up in one two-quarterback league where there's just literally nobody else out there except guys you've never heard of or guys that last played in the league 10 years ago. But I I guess I hope I get him. But it's a Thanksgiving miracle. Score negative. (laughs) Well, there was, I think it was Clint Longley. There was some Dallas Cowboys quarterback years and years and years ago who had a big game as a, Back up for Roger Staubach or Craig Morton on Thanksgiving Day when they were hurt, and you know that was pretty much the highlight of his career. Then I think uh, Jason Garrett, when he was playing for the Cowboys rather than coaching the Cowboys, actually had one or two nice Thanksgiving Day games as an injury replacement too. Mm-hmm. But I, I just don't see that happening for Scott Tolzien tomorrow. Well, now you've you've made me terrified that Dak Prescott's going to get hurt tomorrow, so thank you for that. (laughs) Well, at least you have Tony Romo on the bench as opposed to Scott Tolzien if something goes wrong. Who is literally a professional getting injured on Thanksgiving. He has made a career of it. (laughs) All right. Well, he's not being asked to hold for place kicks anymore. And I still have nightmares about that. All right, so top quarterback picks for this week. Who are they for you? Uh, not Tony Romo. <laughs> Russell Wilson, uh, Marcus Mariota, going to have a nice back bat- bounce back. Uh, I'm so excited about it, I can't even say it right. Aaron Rodgers, obviously, the bandwagon is going strong. I think he's going to put some points up. Dak Prescott, Matt Stafford, Derek Carr is going to have a huge game. Eli Manning, that's a real favorable matchup there. Um, Tom Brady. Kind of goes without saying there. Um, I wish Andrew Luck was playing. I'd be really hyped about that one, but it's it's just not going to be this week. I'm going to be a contrarian, and just even as I'm picking Washington, I'm going to start say Scott Tolzien. <laughs> no, that uh, Dak Prescott is not on my list, my good list for this week. Um, I do okay. like her cousin, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, Drew Brees. And let's see, um, those those are most of the uh, – you mentioned most of the guys on my list. Philip Rivers, put him on there. Even Jared Goff and Marcus Mariota, if you're in a real deep league, you know, those might also be decent options for you. So and, uh, that's my list. There you go. I got a couple of big names on the list we're staying away from this week. Carson Palmer at the top of it, just – I don't think that you can trust starting him over several other options. I don't necessarily think he's going to be top 12 in scoring this week, so unless you're in a deep league or a Scott Tolzien desperate two-quarterback league, I would say keep Carson Palmer on your bench. Andy Dalton, same deal. 
just not enough there. Point-wise, target-wise, healthy wide receiver-wise, it's just not going to be a good day for him. Jameis Winston, Blake Bortles, Sam Bradford, Alex Smith, all guys I am serious apologists for, but just not good good options for you this week. I actually like Blake Bortles okay, but everyone else on that list, I mm-hmm. wholeheartedly agree with you. So we're running a little short for time here, so why don't we move on to tight ends, um, injuries, anybody other than Gronk you want to talk about? Gronk not going to play this week. He's hoping for a return next week. Julius Thomas missed practice with a back injury. He's questionable. C.J. Federitz was limited with a shoulder injury. Zach Miller's on IR with a foot injury. And Charles Clay did not practice with a knee injury. He's pretty questionable. Keep an eye on that one going into the weekend. Uh, And how about waiver wire picks? Who you liking? Well, I did pick up C.J. Federitz um, in one league today. Mm -hmm. So It's a decent matchup. Someone's got to catch the ball there. As you mentioned, though, he's injured, so we'll have to see how serious that is. If he's healthy enough to play, he's certainly been getting a steady stream of targets the last few weeks. Dennis Pitter with Baltimore. Jack Doyle missing man in Indianapolis last week, but may find new life with Scott Tolzien as his quarterback. Jared Cook had a nice game last week in his first week back with the Packers, but a questionable matchup this week with the Eagles. And then Austin Hooper, who is filled in more than admirably for uh, Jacob Tammy in Atlanta and has a decent matchup this week. I think those are the guys that I'd be recommending off the waiver wire. I like Austin Hooper this week. He's on my list of guys I like starting Greg Olson and Jason Witten at the top of that list. I think Kyle Rudolph is going to bounce back. Eric Ebron, Martellus Bennett, obviously without Gronkowski, he becomes a very attractive option. Gary Barnage, uh, Zach Ertz, or if you're really, really hurting for a tight end or you're in a deep league, you're looking for a sleeper, Trey Burton could be an interesting pick. They've run a lot of three tight end sets. Their wide receivers can't catch a cold. Uh, Trey Burton's got good hands, and he's a little underrated. So if you really need a body, go looking for him. I'd add Lance Kendrick to the list, Mm -hmm. and... Yeah, that's that's about it. Maybe I'll I'll give Martellus Bennett a pass on last week and give him another shot this week with Bronk out. Yeah. Um, as far as guys I'm staying away from, Travis Kelsey, I'm on the fence about this one. I think there are better options, but he's not the worst one. Uh, I just – not a lot of points there. Kobe Fleener, Jared Cook, I don't like this matchup at all. Dennis Pitta, good waiver wire pickup. I'm not sold on him this week. Hunter Henry I'm staying away from as well. Yeah, I, I don't really have much to add to that list. So why yeah. don't we just move on then? Uh, defenses, kickers, uh, why don't we just go straight to your DFS picks? Sure. Uh, definitely uh, some good options out there, some favorable options. Uh, if you're looking to stack, obviously New England is a great one. Tennessee is going to be good again this week. The Steelers and the Raiders are probably teams I would be looking the most at as far as stacks go. Um, Carson Palmer could be interesting to take a risk on in a daily fantasy format just because his price is much lower than it has been in weeks past. I don't know if I'm ready to go that far on him, but Eli Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, Joe Flacco, Derek Carr, um, Kirk Cousins I like more as kind of a value pick there. Uh, and then as far as uh, running running backs go, you you get what you pay for here. David Johnson, J.H.I., they're going to be great. Todd Gurley, Rashad Jennings, their prices are starting to rise, but not quite as high as I think their value will be. Um, and uh, Frank Gore, I think, could be a really interesting option. David Johnson is pricey, but he's going to be worth it. I can't stress that enough. Uh, as far as wide receivers go, tons and tons of options. Like I talked about, Doug Baldwin's going to have a huge day. Rashad Matthews, Jarvis Landry, uh, Odell Beckham, and Jordan Matthews, the price is good, but I'd like to take a flyer on a Tajay Sharp or somebody like that instead. Tight end-wise, tons of options. Jason Witten and Kyle Rudolph, both both priced pretty attractively. Uh, Gary Barnage, I think, could be a good one this week. And, um, you know, Austin Hooper, great value. Clive Walford, Will Ty, all good options there. As far as defenses go, Buffalo, New England, the Giants, Tennessee, even Miami, I think all have really big potential, varying price points so you can mix and match. Like I said, go with the stacks. That's where the money's at there. If you have any questions that we didn't hit, find us all over social media all week long. We can help you, guide you to victory. You can find us on Twitter at JKIM16 
at Fantasy underscore Sherpa on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page and all week long at FantasyFootballSherpa.com. Thank you so much for listening. Good luck, unless, of course, you're playing me this week, as always, and have a very happy Thanksgiving. No Rob Kelly for a Washington stack? No. I'm still bitter about last week. (laughs) I'm holding a hard grudge on Rob Kelly. (laughs) All right. Have a great Thanksgiving, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.